opinions, and stories. Our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. We would love to hear from you. Again, our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. Call in and share. What do you want to know? Kim Power Stilson has a whole list of things she wants to learn about, and she wants to share it with you. On her show, Talkworthy, she invites you to join her as she interviews expert guests, learning new things along the way. It doesn't matter if the subject is a serious thought provoker or just plain fun. If it's Talkworthy, Kim will cover it. Talkworthy airs Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Parenting has never been an easy task, and in today's world, it can be harder than ever. That's why Richard and Linda Iyer are dedicating their lives to educating parents and strengthening families around the world. Find out what Richard and Linda can do for your family, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on their show, Iyer's on the Road, here on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Talk about good Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, we are talking safety. Do you feel safe in your relationships? Meaning physically safe, socially, emotionally safe, financially. Do you feel spiritually safe? Well, if not, listen up. We're going to give you some tips of how to uh, express your safety needs to your loved ones and how to help meet their needs. That's coming up next on the Matt Townsend Show, right after Sam McCall and the news. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. With $85 billion in budget cuts going into effect tomorrow, White House officials and House GOP leaders are blaming each other for not finding a solution to stop the cuts, which could slow the U.S. and world economies. After enjoying bipartisan support in the Senate, Jack Lew was sworn in today as Treasury Secretary. Lew is considered a budget expert and is President Obama's former chief of staff. President Obama's administration is planning to urge the Supreme Court to strike down California's Proposition 8 and allow same-sex marriages to resume in the state. The court is hearing arguments in the case late March. Private First Class Bradley Manning admitted to misusing classified data during his trial for revealing information to WikiLeaks today. Manning still denies charges of aiding the enemy. The Senate Judiciary Committee has delayed action on a new gun control measure by a week due to a Republican request for more time to study the bill's plan to ban military-style assault weapons. The 26-year-old Las Vegas shooting suspect who allegedly killed an aspiring rapper last week in a drive-by attack has been arrested in the Los Angeles area. In world news, Syrian rebels are going to be receiving aid from Western nations, but so far still not in the form of weapons. The U.S. has pledged to give $60 million to the opposition as the conflict continues that has taken over 70,000 lives. Pope Benedict officially ended his time as the leader of the Catholic Church today, leaving with a promise of obedience and reverence to the next pope. The 85-year-old cited health issues as his reason to step down. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. 
I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your relationship coach. And today we got a doozy. We got a really big show today. Um, and it's really warm in the studio. Okay, can we have everybody not breathe through their mouth for a minute? It's warm. Fix that. Yep. Bryce is pushing the fake buttons that make us... Pavlov's dog thermostat. That make us feel like we're actually affecting a change. Okay, welcome to the program. This is a good topic. Today we're going to be talking about safety. Do you feel safe in your relationship? Safe physically, safe socially, safe emotionally, so you can share what's in your heart? Do you feel safe financially? And if not, what's the cause? What, I mean, what, what impacts you? If all of a sudden you don't feel safe with your partner, how does that impact your relationship? It's just going to be uh, it's going to be a fun day. I think it's going to be really fun because we've also got even bigger news than maybe the safety thing. There is one amongst us. I'm not going to name names, but her name is Madison Alfredo Allred. And there's this funny phenomenon you may have noticed. If you've ever noticed some um, Mormon missionaries out there riding around on their cute bicycles, guys in white shirts, gals in, uh, what do you wear, dressed like skirts? Long skirts. Long skirts. If you've ever seen them running around wearing their little black name tags, you may not have ever seen this side of this, okay? So all of those kids, I think there's about 55,000 people-ish, 60,000 right now and expected to be 80,000 by the end of the year. A ton of missionaries are going out, but they, well, they're called more, they're missionaries, okay, from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this is, you know, we're from Brigham Young University. So here's the deal. You may not know this side. Each one of these kids, basically the guys volunteer to go for two years, the girls volunteer to go for 18 months. They put in their papers saying, I want to go on a mission for the church. They, the missions can be a variety of different things, and they can go and just, you know, sometimes share messages about the church. A lot of times it's service. It's, it's a bunch of different stuff. So our own Madison Allred has put in her papers to go on this mission. They then receive a letter from the president, the leader of the LDS church, and the letter tells them where they're going. And it could be anywhere in the world. It could be anywhere in the country to anywhere in the world. So yesterday alone, I had one person, a friend that was called to New Hampshire. He's a a young man going to New Hampshire. One was just called to the Dominican Republic. And um, it's a big deal. So today on the show, Madison is sitting here with the envelope of telling her where she is going, but she's not opening it yet. Madison, (laughs) what is the deal? Yeah, so I actually thought that I was going to get it yesterday. Yes. So I kind of hurried out. <clears throat> Sorry, I hurried out here. You wanted fast. to get home. This yeah. is a big deal. And so, because my roommates had said, oh, you know, I'd come home in between class and they said, oh, it's on your bed. And so I was like, okay, sweet. Were they so lying? I came home. It was my tax information, <laughs> not my mission call. <laughs> you owe us $10,000. <laughs> Have fun wherever you're going. That's interesting. So you've got this. It's an envelope, It's but you're not going to open it. Open it now. It would be neat if we opened it on the air, except Madison, hello, loves her family, and they're going to be supporting her even maybe more than our show will. <laughs> Lame. And so you're saving it. You're going to gather your family today. Yeah, we're going to open it at 630 when my brother comes home from water polo. Okay. Will you record it? Yes. Record the event, and we will have that be part of the show on Monday. Okay. Are you in? Sure. Okay, should we, while we're here, let's just have fun and everybody guess where she's going. And then will somebody write these down? Because, and maybe whoever wins, um, I don't know, Rob gives them a bag of chips. <laughs> I guess Russia. Russia. Okay, where are you thinking, Jess? 
Um, Ghana, Africa. Wow. <laughs> That's where Interesting. my missionary is. <laughs> what do you think, Merritt? I'm going to say Belgium. Ooh, because she's kind of, okay. Yeah, now we're, like, you speak German, don't you? I do speak German. German and, and a little sp- and Spanish. Uh, very little. But then, yeah. And I'm also fluent in ASL, so I could be called ASL somewhere. Wow, that would be neat. Yeah. They had those in my mission. That would be really neat. Yeah. So uh, sign language, any, I mean, you, I guess you go anywhere, or do you just go in the, in the U.S.? Um, sign language in other parts of the world is pretty similar to ASL. Well, it's hard to do the German accent in <laughs> sign language. But, yeah, so that'll That's be cool. Fun. Okay, Rob, what's your bet? So, obviously, New Jersey. <laughs> oh, obviously. German-speaking New Jersey. <laughs> oh, I didn't say anything I about German-speaking. No, I think I'm pretty sure, because you've been living in a house with just German speakers, mm-hmm. right? What's that called? Like The foreign language housing. So, you're going to go somewhere in Germany. New Jersey Spanish. You will go German-speaking <laughs> somewhere in Germany, and you'll have to send me some strudel. Okay. Is that German? Stroopwafels. <laughs> no, not even close. You're not going to keep using that. Baked in uh, <laughs> oh, the Stroopwafels. The, the they're covered in. Um, you get them at like the Stroopwafel house. Yeah, they're little, little round things. I've I have never a, had those. I'm an I've uncle who loves it so much. When he's flying on business for GE or whoever he works for, he'll load a. Empty, he'll take an empty suitcase to Germany really, with and then come back with an empty suitcase so filled with Stroopwafels. You know? He's importing Stroopwafels. <laughs> yeah, you just uh, got to be careful with the uh, duty when you come back. Yeah, you know? it's not duty free. Hey, Madison, congrats. Thank this you. This is really going to be great. I think you'll love where uh, my accurate choice. <laughs> what was your accurate choice? Germany, somewhere German? in Germany. Because I mean, there's there's like a bunch of missions there. So I'm anyway, that's down, so. that's kind of the inside scoop. So a lot of you out there that you know just have always seen the missionaries, you probably didn't know how they got there. But it's pretty much um, this is pretty much just an idea that you know they're going to go serve 18 months. They have no idea. And tomorrow, actually tonight at 6:30, she's going to find out where she's going. Cool stuff. So. Let's go to the headlines. Now, one of the things we like to do on the show is, uh, you know, go to the news and find out what we can learn from the crazy people around our world. Real news that affects real people. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Human Headlines. So on the human headlines, we like to look the good, the bad, the ugly of the human race. This is just uh, always a fun learning moment for me because I never know what you're going to throw out here. So who's first? That would be me. Madison, soon to be German. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, um, so there is a place in Africa called Kenya, and there's a Ni- Nairobi National Park, hmm. and it has the world's largest concentration of lions. And so a lot of people like to go there, kind of, you know, take a little safari around, stuff like that. Um, but there are ranches around this national park. Yeah. And so um, on this ranch, they herd animals. You know, they raise cattle. Yeah. For... You know, their livelihood, that's... So it's some ranch outside of a... A national park, Uh uh-huh. Where there's wild animals. Exactly. And so... That doesn't seem smart. (laughs) No, but I mean, they kind of need the open land, right? Yeah, right. And so, um, but a problem that a lot of people are having that have ranches outside this national park is that the lions are coming in and eating Uh, their livestock. Yeah. And so this boy... He grew up and he just hated lions because, you know, they took yeah. their They're livestock. just users. Yeah, because they're like, hey, like, this is what we're working for. This is how we support ourselves. Right. Um, so this boy, his name is Richard Tuer. I'm probably butchering that last name. But um, he invented a way to keep the lions away without hurting them. 
because some people they like to shoot the lions, you know, but they're, you know, they're a very important part of the ecosystem right, and right. also for the tourism yep. for Kenya. And so uh, he gathered dozens of LED lights and rigged them to a battery and solar panel that powered the family television. And then he placed the bulbs on poles surrounding the livestock enclosure. And because he discovered one night that when someone was walking around with a flashlight, that the lions were scared of that moving light. Oh, interesting. And so he went, huh. By the way, Sky Boy, exact same way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> scared of a, of a flashlight? flashlight? Uh-huh. Laser, yeah. laser pointer. They're yep. scary. I can get him to chase it for days. <laughs> <laughs> Drive me crazy. Had a voice. Guy. Good to have you back. Yeah, so it's so, pretty cool. cool. Way cool. And then who figured this, this boy? This boy, 13 years old, he had no he had no training in electronics, hadn't really been to school. We could we could we could um stick a dart in him. We could fly a helicopter over him and net him or we could just use a flashlight. Exactly. So he just devised the system so at night there's just like these flashing lights across and since he's done it, I think it sounds like he's done this for a while. Yeah. Um like for about three years or so. And so he did this when he was 10 because he's 13 now. He just came up with this and did it. And no livestock have been eaten or attacked by I, these lions. I love it. Yeah. I think that's way cool. I mean, yeah, I, I could have told you that would have been a problem a yeah. long time ago. And I'm not even a rancher. Yep. See? That's why I'm the doctor. Dr. Matt. <laughs> um that's really cool. Who's got another news story for us? Continuing education. I just butchered that. Continuing Education. Continuing it. Yeah. As if we had it. You get those little mailers that come out and a little book of classes you can take. Yeah, you need to keep going. So a mayor's office in a very prominent town thought, we support continuing ed. Sure. So they sent those out to their residents. Make sure you take these classes. Important. Keep growing. Beneficial and benefit your life. Right. Just one problem. What? One of the classes was lock picking. Wow. And the city has seen a 40% <laughs> increase in burglaries in the last year. Unbelievable. And then dad insult injury. The city that did this, San Francisco's noisy neighbor next door. Oakland. Yep. No way. <laughs> so now the mayor's apologizing, saying, I didn't mean I that. I am so sorry. Hey, and by the way, we're also canceling all of our uh gun classes all of our uh robbery classes breaking and entering classes and all other classes associated with crimes all of our uh money laundering classes we're going to switch our uh guns guns for toys program back to toys for guns is it that we had it backwards you know it's funny they're just trying to be so good and then they make one mistake one mistake well the one big mistake. question is why are they offering a lock picking class in the first place see is it is it the lock or is is it the lock picking knowledge that's what creates problems or is it the lock oh, people, think you, that you're over. saying if people just didn't lock their doors then there'd be no need for yeah. people to burglarize why can't we just trust each other cuz we're not safe that's our topic Oakland. today yeah. Well, but uh, she actually did try to – this mayor tried to defend the class. She said, well, it it was geared toward people who misplaced their keys. (sighs) Maybe they need a memory class. Just get a memory class. That would have been a smarter class. Right? Okay. Mental note. Don't help the thieves still. Hmm. Good learning. Wow. Good news. Anybody else got a news story for us? Yep, I've got you. So we're talking about safety today. Uh, but my story is more geared to the relationship side of it. Wow. Thousands of people. Is this personal? No. Okay. Well, 
Well, no, no but not. it's probably okay. for our listeners. All right. Thousands of people go online yep. to find love, right? Inter- on the interweb. Right. So a new report just came out that shows $50 million were swindled out of those people. Really? Yeah. Online? Yeah. Isn't that called dating? <laughs> yeah, no, this isn't when you give the money, like you go take them to a restaurant. This is where they actually were swindled out of it, apparently. Well, how many girlfriends yeah. have I had recently? None. How much have I spent on dating? Bing, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. That <laughs> sounds like that, that's not that's counted in the classic. total. No, so this would be so. like. So. so are they losing? Like, are these? Are they online and they're just being swindled out of somebody they're talking to online? Yep. Or are they actually meeting these people? No, they. So they act like they get them. How it works? Okay. So they find vulnerable targets. Can on about, are we sites? teaching something that we shouldn't be teaching Skyboy? Because <laughs> he may Uh-oh. not know how to do this otherwise. <laughs> Okay, well, Skyboy, don't listen. Take your headset off, Kate, because I don't want you to hear this. Okay, so then they convince the person that they're romantically interested. Like, I, I like you a lot. So far, this all fits everything I've had in my experience. This was your Vulnerable, last date. false interest, keep going. Okay. <laughs> all right, so they gain the trust of the person, and then they slyly request money for phony things like travel or medical procedures. Or like, your mom needs a new leg. And My mom Denny's a grand slam. Go on. Okay, and then they and then hey, could you just hook me up? I just need a couple thousand. Yeah. Well, to... yeah. Uh, so then they're gone, and it's they average it out to eighty nine hundred a person. Oh my heavens! Yeah, it's really which fun. really isn't, which means some people got seriously ripped off. I can't complain. <laughs> but they do. They do kind of pinpoint who. Okay, who is, is who are the, who's the getting, target? Yeah. Okay, so, quit listening again, Skyboy. If you're on the internet and you are over 40, disabled, elderly, widowed, or divorced, that's the people well, that isn't that more of the targets. That's like most of them, right? Online? I, I don't, probably. I mean, they're probably divorced, maybe, or widowed, I mean. Yeah. Wow. It's really sad. That's See, we're going to talk about that today yeah, a little bit, because that's a big deal. Yeah, you're like trusting someone. Yeah. You think you have a solid relationship. The internet's scary, but it's a really good tool too. So. But I mean, I guess the minute you're asked to give money to a person you've never met that you really hardly know, really, except for what they've told you yeah. over the phone. It's you probably... want to believe it though. You well, want to sure. believe that they love you. <laughs> yeah. But I, that's probably why it works so often is because people want it so bad. Yeah. They're in that. They really want that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's kind of depressing, Sorry. Jess. No, it's you true. see, no, you nailed I'm it though. I mean, that's a good story. Trying to help people be safe, <laughs> Rob. I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, I know, but this is why I haven't ripped anybody off. That's why you got to keep dating, though. I know, but whether it's nine dollars you know, or to... eight thousand nine hundred ninety, at heart, it doesn't it feel the same. <laughs> yeah, you still feel ripped off. What you need to do though is go find a widow over forty. Uh, elderly, divorced, and make them feel better. No, she'll think I'm one of these predator No, types. but the thing is you're not. You're just a puppy dog. I know. <sighs> safety. That's what we're well, talking about, safety. buy her own meal. Now, what's funny? Now, so imagine, let's just say you got ripped off 8900 bucks. whatever. That was bad. You finally find somebody. You're dating them. You love them. You fall in love with them. And then they lose their job, and they start needing a lot of money from you while you're married to them. That would cause a safety issue. Then you start fighting with your partner a lot about money, like money's the issue. But really, I don't feel safe with this guy because it seems like all he's ever needed from me is money. So think of that. If you got hurt in the past, do you want to bet you'll bring that into your present-day relationships? I see it every day. 
Like Skyboy. Do you remember Skyboy when that girl took your bike? Uh, yeah. You took her on the double day, and you you were, and then she ended up stealing your bike. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was lame. Yeah. I like set up the seat for her to ride uh-huh. on the back and everything. Took now, a lot of work. tell them the new rule that you made. Um, no bikes on dates. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. that was something too, because she wasn't the she stole your tandem bike, right? Yeah. She's no. It, I I made my own homemade tandem bike. What I think was weird about it is she also had an inner ear problem where she can't balance anyway, but she still got away with your bike. Still got away with the bike. Well, I had training wheels, so. See, so I think that helped. You've got to focus, dude. We're here for you. Okay, we're talking safety. Think about your relationships. Are you in a relationship where you don't feel safe? Physically safe is one thing. If you don't feel physically safe, let me tell you right now, you need to go get professional help, right? You can't be abused. But what if you feel emotionally safe or unsafe? What if you feel scared socially because you think your partner is going to embarrass you every time you talk? Apparently, my wife feels that one. I don't get it. Uh, what if you feel like financially unsafe with your partner? What do you do when you feel unsafe in your relationships? How do you work through that? Instead of just fighting about the stuff, give us a call, one eight five five chat byu If you have an issue where you don't feel safe with your partner in one of those areas, I'd love to walk you through it and give you some tools and ideas. Call in with your question, one eight five five chat byu You can also go to Facebook. We'll be taking a lot of comments from Facebook today. Today, you're in with the doctor. We're talking safety right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Everybody's got a story about a ride-sharing experience, but we're pretty sure we have your story topped this time. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. After about two years, a tiny breakthrough satellite is retiring, but it's led the way to making orbital science more practical and affordable than ever before. It's called FastSat, and it earned that name in several ways. FastSat was built in record time, from off-the-shelf parts to prove how affordable and capable you could make a satellite. Construction was inspired by a schedule change in launch operations. Due to a cancellation, there was room on board an upcoming Defense Agency rocket mission to carry along to orbit a small, separate payload. But could NASA's Marshall Center and the DOD design and build a brand new 400-pound satellite in just 14 months? FastSat lifted off from Kodiak, Alaska in 2010 inside a special dispenser collar that was part of the booster rocket. This collar can hold and eject six mini-sats like FastSat, letting them hitchhike to orbit. FastSat held six experiments, including a tiny nanosat that was launched from FastSat to test solar sail designs. Marshall's FastSat concept inspires the CubeSats of today, showing how to explore bigger by going smaller. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Individuals suffering from fatigue, inability to lose weight, depression, anxiety, headaches, or poor circulation may have Hashimoto's, the number one cause of low thyroid. Red River Health and Wellness chiropractic physicians conduct extensive medical testing to determine the cause of these symptoms, providing a customized treatment plan for our patients. Red River Health and Wellness has two Utah locations in South Jordan and St. George and in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Learn more at lowthyroid101.com. Red River Health and Wellness. International affairs can affect our daily lives far more than we realize. Gain detailed knowledge of world events by attending lectures from the Kennedy Center here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Kennedy Center will keep you current with solutions to the most pressing worldwide concerns suggested by top scholars from BYU and abroad. 
Tune in weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern for Notes from the Kennedy Center. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking safety. Uh, now, one of the things I, I do is I have, a, I have a philosophy when I deal with people that uh, there's seven basic needs. And if you don't meet the basic needs, it just causes a lot of other problems. Okay, One of the most basic needs is safety. You have to feel safe with the people you're around. And if you don't, guess what? You're going to have problems. And so... Um, Today on the show, we're talking safety. Now, when I talk safety, I'm not just talking that you're not going to be hurt physically. I'm also talking that you're not going to be embarrassed by your partner. So I just spoke to about, I guess, about a 1,000 dentists and their assistants this morning. In a room, a 1,000 people. Actually, it's probably they weren't all dentists. Probably, I don't know. They all probably brought a table of seven people. Anyway, do you want to bet? And my wife was there. And we sat at the front table and... Um, We ate. We looked like we were eating. I didn't eat, but she did. But then she had to sit there because she was kind of trapped in front of a thousand people. Well, I I told stories about our marriage. Do you want to bet that doesn't make her feel real socially safe? And then she goes out and she knew half the ladies because we have a lot of friends that are dentists. You wouldn't know because our teeth are seriously messed up. But um, in the end, we can fight about like, don't you dare say that comment about me. The issue is I could say I say it all the time. It's not a big deal. But the reality is she's just upset because she doesn't feel safe. Right. So if she doesn't feel safe because I'm going to embarrass her. We're going to then have problems. What about financial safety? What about uh, financial safety is where we fight about money like money is the issue when in reality there's there's a deeper issue like I got to know that we're in this together and you're not spending money behind my back. What about um, emotional safety where do you feel safe enough to share what's in your heart with your partner. Do they feel emotionally safe enough to not freak out about it every time you bring up an issue? Those are the issues. And then the last safety I talk about is spiritual safety. Do you have spiritual safety in your relationship? And spiritual safety is a weirder one, but that's more where we share the same value system. A lot of times um, I see people that you know come from different cultures, different worlds, and we've talked about this before on the show, and they think they understand each other, but they really don't culturally get where their partner's coming from. And so then all of a sudden when they're doing things, they're acting in different ways or they have different values that have maybe changed, um, then we start to really get afraid and it causes some issues. So today on the show, we're talking about safety. Do you feel safe with your partner? Have you noticed you run into some safety issues with your spouse? We would love to hear your uh, take on this. What do you think, um, what do you think about that? one eight five five chat byu one eight five five chat byu what questions do you have about improving safety in your relationship where do you see uh, maybe your partner struggles with it or where you struggle with it we'd love to hear from you one eight five five chat byu we're also going to be on my facebook page just go look me up on facebook matt townsend's the name and uh, we'll take your comments and your questions there on the phone um is my good friend josh herschel who actually runs my coaching center, and he has been tracking down all these Facebook pages. So, Josh, I mean, all the comments on our Facebook page. Josh, what are you noticing that people are talking about when it comes to safety in their marriage? Well, it's funny, Matt. There's, it's, it's really across the board on a lot of different things. I mean, it, 
it, they all fall into the different categories that you talk about when we talk about socially and financially and spiritually and all of these things, but they, they just they don't understand why it is that they're feeling unsafe. I think that's the biggest thing that I'm seeing is they feel unsafe, but they don't know why. They, they can't explain it. It's not like there's been anything huge or major that's happened in their life and their so, relationship that's caused it. So it's just a subtle feeling. So they're actually, they're just questioning, so I don't know why I feel this. I just know that I can't let my husband take $100 to Vegas. Right. Or I, So they don't know exactly why, but they have the feeling. Do they, say, do they make any other kind of comment? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of things in there. You know, they, they talk about being afraid of being judged by someone else. They talk about not having strong enough trust, even though there's no real, there's no real incident in the past that makes them feel untrust. I was talking to a client this morning that they, they have trust issues, and it's not because one's done something to the other one. It's because they both come from previous marriages. They're trying to blend a family that's already two families that are already grown into mm. each other, and they yeah. have all these these cultural things that you talked about, even though they're from the same culture. Right. The, the smaller culture of their family are two different things that they're trying to mix together. It's huge, and I see that a lot where um, they don't even know why they're feeling unsettled, but we need more money than this. I think I've even talked about it on the show. Um, how much is enough money right. to retire, or how much is enough money to save? I have a couple I'm talking to that um, have a ton of money, and they have like three houses, and they want insurance. And one of them wants to get health insurance in case the husband dies. Or, yeah, just not life insurance in case the husband dies. But the husband doesn't want it. If I leave you $2 million of assets, why do you need? Why do you need more insurance? See, then you'll have a motive to kill me. That's basically what they fight about. And in reality, um, it's not that, really. That's not the issue. The issue is not that. But that's what they fight about. One of the big things that we're seeing is people don't know how to start talking about the safety issues. They don't even know how to broach the subject. They know they feel unsafe. They know something's not right. Yep. But they don't know how to talk to their partner about it. They don't even know how to start the conversation. Great. So we've got to get into that today. Talking about your safety issues, how to surface the safety issue with your partner. That is something we will cover in the next hour or less. We are going to get into that uh, in depth. I think that's key. We're also going to try to figure out kind of where and why we have these safety issues. Because um, honestly, again, as long as you're fighting about something like that, you're probably missing the deeper point. There are bigger issues. There's always a bigger why. We're going to have to come back. I, have, I want Bryce. Bryce did a rant for us. And if there's anyone on earth that understands um, safety, it's Bryce's parents. Um, but Bryce has learned a lot from him. So he's going to come back, do a little rant for us. We're going to get into the topic. Do you feel safe with your partner? Do you know how to surface the conversation and get it going with your partner so that you can actually have these conversations without it turning in an unsafe way? If you, by the way, give us a call, we'll give you a copy of the book, Starve Stuff, which will get all into this safety stuff. Give us a call. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. There isn't a better way to listen to music than from a live concert. But let's be honest, no one can make it to a concert every night. So on Highway 89, we bring you music like you're actually there at the concert with front row seats. We aren't playing some doctored up recording and there are no do-overs. Instead, we bring raw music straight from our studio to you. Tune in weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern to Highway 89 on BYU Radio. Talk about good. 
This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. It's now all but certain $85 billion in spending cuts will go into effect tomorrow after last-ditch efforts for a deal to avoid the cuts failed. Leaders on Capitol Hill have now turned to blaming each other for the lack of compromise. Ahead of tomorrow's cuts, 300 illegal immigrants were released from Arizona prisons today as part of new cost-cutting efforts. Officials say only low public safety risk inmates were set free. After enjoying rare bipartisan support in the Senate, Jack Lew was sworn in today as Treasury Secretary. Lew is considered a budget expert and is President Obama's former chief of staff. With the Supreme Court reviewing California's Proposition 8 late next month, the Obama administration announced today they will be urging the court to strike down the measure, which has barred gay marriage in California since 2008. The Senate Judiciary Committee has delayed action on a new gun control measure by a week due to a Republican request for more time to study the bill's plan to ban military-style assault weapons. The 26-year-old Las Vegas shooting suspect who allegedly killed an aspiring rapper last week in a drive-by shooting has been arrested in the Los Angeles area. In world news, Syrian rebels are going to be receiving aid from Western nations, but so far still not in the form of weapons. The U.S. has pledged to give $60 million to the opposition as the conflict continues that has taken over 70,000 lives. Pope Benedict officially ended his time as the leader of the Catholic Church today, leaving with a promise of obedience and reverence to the next pope. The 85-year-old cited health issues as his reason to step down. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Well, the last thing I remember, Doc, I started to swerve, and then I saw the jag slide into the curve. I know I'll never forget that horrible sight. I guess I found out for myself that everyone was right. Wow, Dead Man's Curve. From the 60s, nothing more dangerous than the Dead Man's Curve. Uh, have you ever been driving with your husband when you took the Dead Man's Curve and you thought, that guy's just not a safe person to drive with? We're talking about safety on the show. It appears in so many different ways in your relationships. Do you feel safe with your partner? Do you feel safe physically when they're driving with you? Do you feel safe socially when you're out in public? Do you feel safe emotionally, like you can tell them what you're feeling without it turning into a big explosion? Do you feel safe financially, like we have our needs being met? And do you feel like you're safe enough spiritually that you share the same values Those are the basic areas of safety, and I wanted to talk about it because, to me, it's one of the root causes of most of our relationship issues. So who better to bring up safety and relationship issues than our very own Bryce Tobin? Uh, Bryce LaVon Tobin has got this cute little um, rant he calls safety concerns. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's right. I don't like to take any risk I don't have to. This need is so strong that I can't fall asleep if part of my body is sticking out of my covers. If I should wake up in the middle of the night and realize my leg is sticking out, I have a little anxiety attack and I will furiously get that leg back under the covers. Why? Because if my leg is sticking out, the monsters can get it. And I don't need you to lecture me. I realize how irrational that is. But my brain doesn't care about your rationality. It wants to keep the leg. It's gotten used to it. But this idea of self-preservation is rather new to my world. 
It's a part of brain development, and it's slightly different for guys and girls. Can't speak for any of the ladies out there, but let me offer a little insight into the risk-taking behaviors of the teenage male brain. There's this scary symbiotic relationship that happens. We understand pain. That's not a difficult one. From that, we understand danger. Once we've got danger figured out, there's some exhilaration that comes from successfully avoiding danger. It's the brain's way of saying, hey, that could have hurt, but you avoided that. Good job avoiding pain. Thanks, brain. Then we become teenagers. We're more capable and we get ambitious in our dangerous behaviors. Then we get hurt and have the worst realization. As an adult, you'd expect a little logic, something along the lines of, hey, I didn't need to do that and it hurt, so I'm not going to do that again. But this is a teenager we're talking about. I see this all the time. They get hurt, but then they realize, hey, wait a minute, I'm not made of glass. They come to the wrong conclusion. This is made even worse because it's going to be a few years before their brains figure out the concept of mortality. They take a little time, heal up, and then they get right back to it. So if you've never understood skateboarding, you do now. I was once a teenager, and I'm not really any different. Alright, story time. A little while ago, I went on a hike up a mountain with some people and we found a waterfall with a little pool. What a find, right? We were delighted. Then someone said, hey, let's do some cliff diving. The teenage Bryce of six or seven years ago would have leapt for joy at this idea. I'm a good climber. I'm a good jumper. I'm a good swimmer. I have the right skill set for this activity. But my reaction surprised myself. I was not excited about the idea. Like, not excited at all. The old me would have quickly imagined the best way to climb to the highest point, the best way to jump off, the craziest thing to do midair, and how to make the the biggest splash. Sounds fun, right? What I did was quite the opposite. I analyzed everything. The water could carry diseases. It's hard to keep water out of your mouth when you hit it at a few dozen miles per hour. Not to mention the water was kind of murky. Dirt was soft and the waterfall was old, so we were pretty sure it was deep, but there was no way to know. Any submerged rocks at the bottom would be rather unforgiving to my bones. The climb up wasn't exactly like walking upstairs with a nice railing to hold onto. The climb was wet and wasn't even entirely over the water. What if I slipped? These rocks aren't submerged. They're going to be worse than the other ones. I don't have time to be hurt. I can't spend days in the hospital. I don't have the money for that. I don't have the time for that. I have things that need to get done. It may not be as fun, but safety finally became important to me. Now, this example is primarily physical, but we do the same thing for other facets of safety. We measure the risk, and if it seems too risky, we don't want anything to do with it. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Bryce, that was a very good synopsis of the safety issue. Did you just head nod me? Um, this is radio. You sorry, use that thing I have to confirm nose. with words. You did a great job. Oh, I thank you. Um, so you're saying it's so you're, it's just self preservation, right? So you you now start, you know, when you were a kid, you're like, whatever. That's yeah. the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. But now that you're getting up there in age, <laughs> you can lose a lot. Now there's a lot more to lose. And also, you know, knees don't fix themselves that well as you get older. And so you hurt your knee and it just stays hurt for the next 40 years. And you're doing this, though, out of of self-preservation, not because that fall wasn't safe. You could have jumped off the fall. For all you know, it was totally safe. Yeah. Perfect. Nothing was going to happen. But it felt really scary. Yeah. I didn't. I wanted to avoid it. I wanted to stay away from it. Why didn't you just say to everybody, hey, you guys, this really scares me. Because I've seen enough movies to know the guy that says that is the guy who doesn't make it out alive. There's, that's the first one eaten. That, yeah. 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 Okay. But th- those are movies. <laughs> so that's – it's interesting though. I love the example because this then gets harder all of a sudden when we have kids. So that couple I was telling you fighting about the fact that he's going to leave her millions of dollars of stuff, she still feels unsafe. But some of that's because she maybe doesn't know what to do with $2 million worth of stuff. How do I eat today? It's the unknown. She has her kids. She doesn't want to lose all of that. That was a great rant.
But it's interesting to know that you're a little you're a little afraid. Not that you would ever use those words, but you that you have um, healthy fear. Healthy fear, because it keeps you from doing stupid things. Well, we'll see. But <laughs> that's great. It's also it's also very hopeful. It gives me a lot of hope for you, because I for a while thought you were hopeless. Well, let's not. Do you know, know why? Because, by the way, just really quickly, side note, the Mars people that are going to Mars and are going to live on that thing, that Mars rover have to stay in a really small contained space for about 500 days. Hey, you know what? By Bring themselves. it on. I live in, in you know, undergraduate housing, so I can handle oh, tiny, yeah, tiny spaces. Totally true. totally true. Bryce Tobin, great job, my friend. Um, uh, there you go. Safety. So some of what we're doing, it's been learned. It's learned behavior. Some of it starts to happen where... We, uh, we have a history and we have this reactive feeling inside of us that it's just not going to happen. It's not going to work right. Something may not work right. I had a couple today that um, told me she has dated the same kind of people every time. Every time they're the exact same kind of people. And I'm not sure if I believe her because interestingly, not only does she think that, but she's the only one that could make that interpretation. But I also asked her, is there other data that your first husband that you divorced and the second guy that you're dating and your mother that abandoned you, is there a chance that um, they all have – they're actually quite different, but you just see that they're the same? One of our issues when we get into safety is maybe honestly um, we're just going off of our reactions and our past, and we may not be seeing everything that's going on. Maybe we're discounting certain things as well. So we'll get into that as well on the show. Here's what I want to do, though. I want to take a break. And when we come back from the break, uh, we're going to go straight to our callers. We have a call from Dory in Tooele, Utah, and we're going to get her call on there, get her question, and start attacking this issue of safety. Do you feel safe with the people in your life? And maybe more importantly, do you know how to surface the issue of your safety and talk to other people about it? Do you know how to get the message out there so you're not suffering alone in this thing? You're listening to The Matt Townsend. Give us a show. Give us a call. one 855 chat byu one eight five five chat BYU. If you get on the call and uh, we get you on air, I'm going to give you a copy of my book, which is going to help you feed that safety issue. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back after this on Sirius XM one forty three BYU Radio. One fearless fowl has flown more missions than even some astronauts. Meet Camilla, the rubber chicken, NASA's ambassador to school kids. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. In a world of precision high-tech equipment like the space program, you can order up titanium bolts, advanced rocket fuel, or super-efficient solar panels. But there is no procurement system for obtaining a rubber chicken. And yet this toy that started out as an office gag at a NASA project has become the agency's unofficial ambassador to school children and civilian space events the world over. Nicknamed Camilla, the rubber chicken began as an unofficial mascot for the Solar Dynamics Observatory team, where she was often photographed next to equipment being used for solar science. Now she's flown in F-18 jets. She's floated with a balloon to the edge of space. She's in line to ride a Soyuz rocket to the space station. And a funny thing happened. As Camilla's photo kept popping up in various NASA aircraft and experiments, she gained popularity with the public, particularly kids. Camilla is the biggest rubber chicken on Facebook and Twitter. Astronauts and scientists visiting schools bring Camilla along to break the ice and make talking to real space experts less intimidating. Everywhere she goes, Camilla opens a conversation about science. 
Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. You've just listened to part of our show. Is there anything you're wondering about? Do you have a question you need answered or a thought to share? Maybe you have a story you'd like to tell. Call into BYU Radio during one of our talk shows and chat with one of our hosts. The number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. We'd love to hear from you. Just call 855-CHAT-BYU. Join me now for the safety dance. We're talking safety on the Matt Townsend Show. This is safety dance. By the way, this brings back some seriously good memories of me majorly rocking it out when I was in high school. Safety dance by man without hats. Uh, previously, we thought, uh, one of us did anyway, named Skyboy, thought it was man without hands, which would be a very bad day. I was just trying to read the thing, and I don't know. That's okay. No, it looked like hands at first. Yeah, I get it. So uh, safety. Do you feel safe with the people around you? Do you feel safe physically? Now, I'm not just talking. I mean, if you really feel physically unsafe, like you're going to be harmed physically by your partner, that is beyond the scope of the show. You need to go get help. You need to go talk to a counselor. You need to go to a crisis center, talk to a police officer. You need to do that right now. That's, again, beyond the scope of the show. Some of us just don't feel safe physically because, uh, you know, you might have a partner that gets really mad really quick and you can never seem to tell them your feelings. You may not feel fi- safe emotionally because you can't share what's in your heart. You may not, may not fa- feel safe. God, I cannot talk socially because they may embarrass you or they may tell things to your friends that, that you don't want your friends to know. Or they embarrass you um, when you're with your group of friends and they always say stuff about you that you have to deal with. Safety. It's a pretty complicated issue in our relationships, but I'm seeing as a relationship coach that it's something that's driving a lot of marriages um, into some serious trouble. And today we're talking about it. Let's go to our phones. Uh, Let's go to Dory in Tooele. Dory, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi. Thanks for hanging on the line. We made you wait a while, didn't we? (laughs) No problem. So Dory, fill me in. Um, Safety. Where, where do you see, I mean, a lot of people feel safe and a lot of people don't feel safe in their relationships. What do you think is really the key to safety? Uh, as far as relationships go, mm-hmm. um, the key to safety, well, let me just give you a little background on this. I yeah. got your, I read your Facebook page yeah, um, or the comment on Facebook and I got to thinking about what makes me feel safe. And the first thought was, oh, it's trust or it's communication. And then the next thought that came was just simply, uh, if I want to have safe communication, if I want to have trust, I have to make that happen in my own relationship. I can't wait around for that person to make that happen in my yeah. life for me. No, but Does you know, that that's sense? huge. I totally that. And that is yeah. because a lot of us think we're not safe because of our partner, right? <laughs> Because they're the ones that aren't making enough money, or they're the ones that embarrass me, or they're the ones that do this to me. But you're saying safety is maybe something much more personal than it is even interpersonal. Right. I've been in some unstable relationships in my life, clear from a little child. And I learned early on that you just cannot depend on other people 
to make that relationship what you think it should be. Yeah. You've got to take the steps and be proactive. Tell me what you think, having been through what, some of the things you've been through. What do you think is, what's the downfall or, or the downside of, of you know, blaming everyone else for your safety instead of you kind of looking at it? It seems like, it seems like that's a big burden to carry. Uh, yes. Uh, I would say the biggest downfall is that you become the victim and you are sitting at the bottom of a pit, um, yeah. visually speaking, and you're, it's, it's a very helpless feeling and that just doesn't work for me. I'm very, I gotta get my, I gotta do this for myself. I, I, I how do I put this? Um, I just need to be proactive. I've got to make this happen the way I want it to happen. I can't wait around for someone else to make this happen for me. Um, I love I hate that. Nothing I more than being a victim. Well, and and think about that. If your if your imagery is working, and the image is that you're now down in the bottom of the pit, and mm-hmm. I guess everyone up, everyone else is up outside of the pit throwing rocks down on you or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's all, I mean, if it's everyone else's fault, then you really have no power to fix it. You have no power to adjust to it. You have no power to influence it. Um, well, you've totally given everybody else the power yeah. to do that for you. Yeah. Well, and how long is that? I mean, I guess until you want your power back. Correct. Then, then you take it back again. But maybe, mm-hmm. um, in fact, you even said you're just the kind of person that you don't want to be the victim. You don't want to be framed as the victim. Right. So you take it back. Tell me uh, yeah. what you, like, because in your marriage, no marriage is perfect, so... How, how have you noticed that you've been kind of going back and taking some power back? Uh, not power, I, but getting your safety yourself. Oh, I totally hear you. Um, I have a voice, and I use it. Yeah. And my husband, we've talked about this um, on many occasions, where he'll he'll come in, and I've got the hurt feelings, and why didn't you read my mind kind of conversation, right. and he's he'll say, Dory... I'm going to tell you this <laughs> one more time. Men are stupid. We cannot read your mind. You cannot expect that. And I had to really think about what that meant. And, and I know that men aren't stupid, no. but he's just like, we, we cannot read your mind. You've got to stop expecting this. This is totally unrealistic. And if I'm going to be a full partner in this relationship, I have to take full responsibility, which is communicating my feelings and my thoughts so that he can actually meet my needs. Yeah. I love that. I mean, when you think about this idea of man aside, he's saying, I cannot guess what you're trying to just say. So you need to say it. If you want, Uh if if you have a need, you have a responsibility to let me know about the need. And that's what you're talking about when you say have a voice. Right. I mean, or you could try to, you know, you know, intimate and insinuate and try every other <laughs> machination of, to make it work. But in the right. end, it, when it's not working, then you could just say, babe, can you take this out right now? Can you take the garbage? How yeah. about this one? Ooh, you go over to the garbage. You smell it. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, honey, this garbage smells. And the husband's like, yeah, totally does. Gross. Um, yeah, we've been through that have one. Have you done that one? We're not. So you're not going to take it out? Well, you want me to take it out? Well, I told you it smells. Right. And I agreed. It smells horrible. Yep. Well, do I have to tell you everything? No, just if you want me to know, right? But that's mm-hmm. all you're saying there is. And one of the best ways, I think, and I, I, we're going to get into this um, and give you some more tools to do this, is we have to have a voice. 
the minute we start hiding the voice, you are becoming the victim in, in mm-hmm. your head, even though mm-hmm. you actually, it might be a self-inflicted victim. And it is wasted energy. Yeah. I think, Dory, where have you been? You need a radio show. <laughs> I'm in Tooele. Okay, you are in Tooele. But you need, to, you need to, okay, keep listening to the show because I need your insight all the time now. Get going. This is good okay. stuff. Okay, Dory, and by the way, hang on. I love the call, and um, we're going to give you a copy of my starved book, Feeding the Seven Basic Needs of Healthy Relationships. And then you could just have him read that, and you could start fixing him from there. Okay, cool. That sounds really bad, doesn't it? But at least you'll be on the same page. Dory, thanks for joining us. And I couldn't Thanks agree with you more. Me. You bet. Really, when you think about it, that is um, – that's the deal. Do you own your own sense of safety? Do you own your own sense of of who you are, You know what you can do, what you can't do? Because if you don't, guess what? We're probably going to have some um, bigger problems here. Do you have a voice? Now, one of the stories – I'm not sure if I've told it on this show or not, but you've all heard – no, I have because I remember Madison talked about it once. Do you remember the, the the Little Mermaid? Of course. Prince. There was a princess and a prince. Do you remember the princess's name? Ariel. Ariel. And the prince? Eric. Prince Eric. Ariel, she thought Prince Eric was pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to spice up a little bit of um, this because I used the word hot. She thought he was hot. Now, Ariel had a disability. Do you remember what it was? She did not have legs. She was footless. She had fins. Mm-hmm. She was a mermaid, right? Eric was a was a strapping prince, charming, right? With legs, by the way. So, do you remember? She went up. She used to sing beautifully, which attracted her voice, attracted this incredible stud. Then she went down because she needed legs, right? You need mm-hmm. legs if you're going to be up on land. So she went down. She made a deal with the devil lady. What was her name? Ursula. Ursula. Thank you for helping me through with this because I do not remember this. With Ursula, who was octopus lady, all those crazy legs. So Ursula made a deal and gave her what? Legs. And instead, and in place of legs, took her voice. Voice. <laughs> Ursula grabs the legs, give her, gives her legs, takes her voice. Now, here's my metaphor. I think in most relationships where we feel unsafe, we eventually trade our voice for legs to make the relationship work. Okay, so I get it. Because you're trading in what made you attractive in the first place, uh-huh. like... Your voice. Yeah. And for like, something that they don't want or care like about. Like a position. So like when we start hiding our voice from people, then – and by the way, you may be hiding your voice because you've noticed every time I bring up my voice, he gets mad. And when he gets mad, it's not safe. So I'm just going to withdraw and I'm not going to bring up my voice, but I'm going to quit saying what I'm thinking. But the minute you quit saying – and by the way, you're only you're doing it because it's going to give your relationships legs, meaning it's going to seemingly make the relationship go longer even though – if the relationship goes longer without your voice in it, it's not a healthy relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah. You could live with someone for 30 years and, and never hear what they really think, but that doesn't mean you actually know each other. You just have cohabitated. So part of this safety idea is think about it in your own marriage out there. Do you feel safe enough to share your voice? Or have you quit sharing your voice in order to get – 
more um, distance in your relationship. I really want you to ask yourself that because I've never seen a relationship that does that little exchange. I've never seen it work long term. Um, I actually have because I have. I know some people that would just lose their voice as long as they can, you know, be married. The problem is you want the person to fall in love with you. And that's a two-way street. So when we come back in a bit, we're going to talk about this two-way street because you really have to um, be able to not only share your voice, like, like someone can say and share their voice all they want, like Dory's talking about. But if my partner beats it down and yells at it and ignores it, then, you know, eventually it's going to not be safe to share. But do you also feel emotionally safe to share your voice? Sometimes remember that you may be um, feeling unsafe in your marriage, and it may not have anything to do with me. I I have seen so many clients where their partner just can't share, and they don't feel safe, and it really has nothing to do with their partner they're living with. It may have a lot more to do with their past. So some of us out there have safety issues because our past hasn't been healthy. Now, what would we need to do there? We'd probably need to go get some therapy. We'd probably need to go talk to some people about our past, figure out um, what the key is. One of the things we're seeing on our Facebook page over and over is the comments from our our uh, our viewers on Facebook and the, and the participants on Facebook. They basically just keep saying, I need to be myself. I need to be able to be myself without fear of judgment. This is Diana. And I have to know that when the person is not with me, they are thinking, feeling, or acting the same way as they would if they were with me. So one of the keys to safety is obviously going to be integrity, right? Consistency, predictability. This safety is a huge, huge issue. And um, I want you thinking about it. Do you have it in your relationship? If not, will you give us a call today? 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Do you do an incredibly good job at creating safety, or is there a major, major void in your relationship where you don't feel emotionally safe? I would love to talk to one of you on the phone so that others can share and benefit from that. Give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, and we'll we'll talk it out and give you some tools as we get into this. When we come back from this break, we are going to be talking to our own Madison Allred. And she is going to teach us about Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. You may have heard of that one. Remember, when your most basic needs aren't met, you can't get to the higher needs. Well, a lot of these relationship needs cannot be met, will not be met, until you get a little bit deeper into some of your other needs and make sure those get met first. got to feel safe before you can meet this incredible relationship need, right? Give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Would love to take your calls on safety, and we'll be back after this right here on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. There's a new way to listen to BYU Radio with our free iOS app. Download BYU Radio's app on your iPhone or iPad for live streaming and program schedules. It's the newest way to tune in for your favorite broadcast. Just search BYU Radio in the App Store, download, and enjoy. BYU Radio. Talk about good.
This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. It's now all but certain $85 billion in spending cuts will go into effect tomorrow after last-ditch efforts for a deal to avoid the cuts failed. Leaders on Capitol Hill have now turned to blaming each other for the lack of compromise. Ahead of tomorrow's cuts, 300 illegal immigrants were released from Arizona prisons today as part of new cost-cutting efforts. Officials say only low public safety risk inmates were set free. After enjoying rare bipartisan support in the Senate, Jack Lew was sworn in today as the new Treasury Secretary. Lew is considered to be a budget expert and is President Obama's former chief of staff. With the Supreme Court reviewing California's Proposition 8 late next month, Obama administration officials announced today they will be urging the court to strike down the measure, which has barred gay marriage in the state since 2008. The Senate Judiciary Committee has delayed action on a new gun control measure by a week due to Republican requests for more time to study the bill's plan to ban military-style assault weapons. The 26-year-old man believed to have shot and killed an aspiring rap artist on the Las Vegas Strip last week was arrested today in Los Angeles. Two others were also killed as a result of that attack. In world news, good news for the Syrian rebel forces. Though still not the weapons they have been pleading for, Western nations have now agreed to provide monetary aid to opposition fighters. The U.S. is giving $60 million. Pope Benedict officially ended his time as the leader of the Catholic Church today, leaving with a promise of obedience and reverence to the next pope. Benedict is expected to retire to a monastery within the Vatican. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody. Somebody's watching you. You know that, don't you? Yeah. How about your husband, your in-laws? Everybody's watching your relationship. Do you feel safe with your relationship? Do you feel like your uh, needs are being met physically, socially, emotionally? Do you feel like you can count on your partner? The research in marriage and family shows, you know what? If you can't, you're probably going to have a lot of problems. And interestingly, then we fight about the problems like, um, you know, they're our partner's fault. But every one of those problems, you know, could also have some issues that you uh, could fix yourself. So before we get into some of the solutions of how to build and regrow some safety in our relationships, we're going to go back to Madison Allred, who's done a little research on us. Um, a lot of t- when I wrote this uh, concept of starved and you got to have your basic needs met in order to be fed, it basically came from Maslow, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yep. So Abraham Maslow, uh, he came up with this paper in 1943. So it's been around for yeah. a good time. It's a pretty common like sociological paradigm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the idea is that you are building a pyramid and this is to help you reach self-actualization. And this is so that you can do amazing things. You can be full. You can be confident. So at the bottom, you know, because you need to start building from the bottom You got to start with the foundation. Is your physiological needs. And that's stuff like breathing, food, water, sleep. And as you notice, as we go along and we build this pyramid... If one of if you're not taking care of one of these things on the bottom, yeah, the basic it, needs, it wrecks everything else. So if your physiological needs aren't being met, then you kind of start having other needs. Like, what's the next level? Safety. That's where the safety. So if you're not eating, you need to eat in order to even worry about safety. It's if true. you're starving to death, safety's probably last on your list. 
Yeah, there's right. this little photo going around on Facebook where it's, uh, you know, those virtual e-cards. It's yeah. just something that's kind of funny. And it says, I'm sorry for what I said when I was hungry. You yeah, know, exactly. we've all been there. Yeah, you know, totally. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. That was really rude of me. I was just cranky because I was hungry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, eat. But, you know, it, it is a basic physiological need. Well, so now check this out. In World War II, they had um, they did studies on all of these men that were in these prison camps. So if all of a sudden you've got hundreds of men squished in really tight um, in these tight little beds at night just to stay warm, wouldn't there be some promiscuity? Wouldn't, these, wouldn't their basic need of sexual relations still be there? And you know what they found in the study? No. When you're in a prisoner of war camp, you, um, maybe the last thing on your mind are the, is you, need, you have basic needs. We need to eat. We need to sleep. But um, having other kinds of relationships maybe were harder till the basic needs were met. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's interesting. Um, and you see it a lot. And I see it a lot. This is kind of how I see marriages break apart. Uh, you know, if, if I ask people in my classes, tell, write down 10 things right now that you want to have in your relationship that would, make, that would tell you you have a great marriage. When people write that list down, they write down stuff like what? What would you guys think? What would you think goes in a list of what would be perfect for your marriage? What do you want in a marriage? Uh, well, I say this as a single college student, yeah. but um, yeah. probably that we love each other, I think. Love. That's... We'd say love. Merritt, you got one? You're looking at me like, I know this answer. We'd probably want to trust each other, right? Trust. Respect. Respect. The ability to spend time with time each other. Time with each other. We'd want fun and peace. And notice all these answers are. All of these answers aren't basic physiological needs. Mm-mm. What we want then in a relationship are these higher needs. So in order to get to the higher needs, like I want everyone, to, I want romance. I want it. How much, how much does romance matter if we're not eating? If we can't pay our rent bill? If you don't feel safe with your partner. So physiological needs and safety needs were the base needs, right, that mm-hmm. Maslow talked about. Yeah. Then what? Uh, so with safety, it goes into like employment, family, health, property, morality, stuff like that. Then up next is love and belonging. So that's friendship, family, and sexual intimacy. Mm. Esteem is the next level. Mm-hmm. You want people to respect you. You want confidence. You want people to, yeah, to have confidence in you. Look respect. at that's a very high need. Yeah. So if you think about where our relationship needs are, what we want in our marriages. We're mar- we're very much on Maslow's higher level of, of needs. Mm-hmm. Now, if I went to another place that was more impoverished and somewhere deep in the heart of Africa in, in an impoverished nation and I ask them what they want most in their relationships when they get married, they'll probably say, I want, I want mosquito netting. I want cots. I want blankets. I want a bucket. More tangible things. Now, they're still going to want trust probably. Mm-hmm. Safety issues. I want to not. I wanted to be treated well. I want to be disease free. See, those are basic needs. So, check this out. In America, when we're sitting there and you're listening, thinking, "Yeah, I have safety issues in my marriage," that's just a sign that if we want more transcendent relationship needs, like uh, loving and belonging and esteem, and then self actualization is the highest one, which is where you know you finally have morality, virtue. Spontaneity. Mm-hmm. You ever wanted to Boom. go off and do something fun? Yeah. You need those bottom. You tiers. gotta have safety. Exactly. So then I have all these clients that come in like, she's so boring. She's so predictable. 
Well, probably because you're really unsafe. Because emotionally, you might embarrass her at any time. Socially, you might throw her under the bus. So Maslow's 70-year-old theory still applies. Yep. Tried and true. Tried and true. You're going to use it when you get uh, go to Germany? Uh, maybe. Probably. Okay. I have a feeling you will. <laughs> Thank you, Madison. Uh, good stuff. This safety thing is not going away. And uh, let's go to our phones now. And we have uh, Amy in Orem. Amy, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi. Thank you for having me. You bet. What's your take on this, Amy, this whole safety thing? Okay. Well, the first thing that came to mind um, when I saw this question posted on your Facebook page is uh, um, it really means a lot to me when my husband can speak uh, kindly about me to others. Mm. And uh, just last night I noticed... I'm sure that he posted this on Facebook, not even realizing you know, I was going to read it. He, like, he, like, he wasn't trying to impress me, but he put down that, that there's a certain song that he listens to, and he can't help but cry because it makes him think of me. And wow. of course, some people are going to think, oh, that's, oh, that's kind of cheesy, but it just makes me, uh, it just really makes me appreciate that yeah. my husband is willing to say kind things about me to other people, because I'm sure that everybody, any, everybody and anybody can relate to uh, some kind of a, uh, either it backbiting or gossip really having some kind of toll on their life. Totally. That's interesting because mm-hmm. that's your, so if you think of yours and uh, yours is kind of, I guess this isn't where you feel unsafe. This is where you maybe feel most touched is when he's emotionally mm-hmm. sensitive to you and socially, you know, is willing to talk about how great you are. Yes. And, and, and then of course, uh, like I, I try to, uh, or, or I strive rather to give my husband that same respect because mm-hmm. um Gosh, like I have a sister who um, who got out of a of an abusive relationship, and her her ex husband was so willing to talk down to her and yeah. be verbally abusive. Totally. And you know, it just makes me feel lucky that you know, even though my husband's not the perfect guy, that I at least have that kind of respect um, with him. Did he always have to. it, Amy? Was it always there with you, or did you kind of need to teach him a little bit? Uh, I think I think we kind of had to teach each other. There have been mistakes that I have made. There have been mistakes that he has made. And you just have to get real and talk about it. It's like, look, when you have said this to me, it really hurt my feelings, and yeah. this is why. And then he would listen, right? So he wouldn't mm-hmm. – see, because the fastest way to crush fixing this – and so when people are sitting out there, yeah, okay, so how do we create safety? Mm-hmm. Basically, the way you said it, you one thing, I guess, is we always ought to make sure we notice – when it's happening, like you just did, mm-hmm. have you gone back to him and told him how great it made you feel when you read that? Well, yeah, I just told him, you know, I, of course I blush. I'm like, oh, well, thank you so much. That's and, cool. Uh, See, but that's, um, that's validating what you want, right? So um, yes, one, uh-huh. one way, I guess, we can fix something. So if you don't have safety in your relationship, one way, I guess, to fix it is just to go supposedly take it head on. Which, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably going to maybe cause more safety issues. Another one is to notice when they're doing something that actually makes you feel safe and point, point mm-hmm. that out. Focus on where it's actually working and, um, and point that out. Another thing I love that you're doing is you guys are actually talking. Yes. I mean, uh-huh. and which there is... Have been, there have been times... Sorry. If yeah, go ahead. There have been some times when our communication hasn't really been where it should have been up, uh-huh. up, up quite to par, but... Yeah. You know, we've been married for we've been married for twelve and a half years, and we actually have known each other for eighteen of those years. Yeah, and so there's just so much we've had to learn, pretty much growing up together, I guess. 
But it's but you're in and you're you're willing to learn. That's that there by the way, there's another idea or tool for you is we have to talk. We also even if it hasn't been perfect in the past, we we can do it now. Another idea that you just brought up is we've got to be learning. One of the keys mm-hmm. to safety is we have to be able to have some feedback loop. I mean, think of it. Um, I I don't know if it's true or not. I heard a study that, that talked about – I don't know if it's a study or a joke, actually um, – where bald men tend to hit their head more. <laughs> and uh, But there's something about hair that gives you feedback – and it just actually it, because it, it's having even a little bit of hair on your head is a sensor for you that you're getting close to that bar that you're about to hit. But uh, what's funny is what happens to somebody that never gets feedback. And when we start to right, shut but- down our voice, then they're not even learning that they're having this impact on us. So, Amy, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think you got it. Now, you have you've been married 12 and a half ish years kids as well. Mm hmm. Yeah, we have three kids. Have you noticed your need for safety change just as the kids come along? Um, what I can, what I, of course, you have, you, you want all of those safety needs that your children need and that they deserve. It's their right to have right. certain safeties. Um, you know, like, uh, like there are rights that children have, like love and and a proper home and food and provisions and um, you know things that they deserve to have no matter what. Right. And and one thing that they certainly do deserve to have are are good parents uh, in a in a decent marriage. Yeah. And uh, and and of and of course uh, my my of course uh, my husband is the biggest influence on our son. And 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 then um, you know being the same sex parent and then with myself I'm the biggest influence on my on my daughter's mm-hmm. life. And we just need to be able to demonstrate. My husband and I need to be able to do, to demonstrate to our children. How married, how a married couple should act, how we should act towards one another, how a husband should act towards his wife, how he should treat his wife, and on the, on that same aspect, how a wife should be treating his how a wife should be treating her husband, and because you know they 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 listen, oh yeah, they watch us, they're totally watching, and, and so and see, and I grew up in a single parent home, and so there's just so much about marriage that I learned just from being in my own marriage, yeah. That's exactly how I am, Amy. And um, and I, I really just appreciate your insight because one of my rules as we get into creating more safety is – and we've kind of talked earlier to Dory about the idea that you got to own it, right? So this is your yeah. journey to learn. So if you're not safe today, okay, um, let's start to assess. Is it is it my partner and what does he really need to own and is it me and what do I need to own? And then do I have the skills and the tools to actually make this happen? What I, when I work mm-hmm. with couples, I see a lot of them, and because I, I grew up in a, a, a single parent home as well, I didn't know. I, I just only knew that my parents had never learned to effectively deal with conflict. That's one of the reasons mm-hmm. they were struggling. And so at some point, I, I, as a kid growing up, I wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing. There are a ton of good books out there. There's a lot of information. There's shows like this where you can learn more in how to create safety, um, or you can just sit back and use the story that you're, everyone's mean to you um, or that things aren't fair. 
But I've just found it's 10 times better to just like what you're saying. Let's go kind of face it. If we have trouble facing it, that's where we need to go get therapy. Go get a therapist or a relationship coach. In our program, ours is just educational. But you can just get a book and start learning. There's better ways to do it than not. So appreciate the call, Amy. Love your insight. Um, Good luck to you guys. And will you stay on the line so we can get you a copy of that book? Sure. Thank you so much, Matt. Appreciate you, Amy. Take care and keep listening to the show. We uh, we really we want to make sure as one of the basic needs that safety is being met. And as Maslow taught us, once that need is being met, we have the ability to eventually progress to a higher and higher level in our relationships. Really quick check as you're sitting there thinking, if you're right now in your head saying, yeah, uh, I tried, but that won't work with my husband because of X, Y, Z. Um, by the way, totally may be true. Whether it's true or not, it's 100% true in your head. And if it's 100% true in your head, it's 100% sure that it's not going to change. So if you want to um, and you're sure that there's no other way to get your partner to do certain things, then, um, then just keep thinking that way. The fastest way I have ever seen safety change in a relationship And for good, for bad, or for ugly is simply when we be different, if we are different with our partner. When all of a sudden I am different and I no longer – or I am no longer going to keep hiding my voice from my partner and instead I'm going to share it. And I'm going to share it with confidence. Um, A lot of you might be afraid to share it with confidence because you know he'll just yell and be mad. Or you know she'll just ignore you for three days and it'll turn into a fight and we won't talk or whatever. The problem is if you'll be different and happy and confident that it's the right thing to do, you're not trying to just push back on your partner just to push back. You're doing it because you're trying to be healthy. Then what will happen, I see, is it creates more confidence. And all of a sudden you feel better even if they don't receive it well because you're just doing the right thing to do. If over time they can't handle you sharing your opinion – that might be telling you something. And it doesn't mean you have to divorce, but it certainly means we've got to make some changes because if I can't have a voice in my marriage or if I can't feel like I'm emotionally safe with you because you never share, um, we're in trouble. And so that's going to set us up. An example of that, I sat in a class. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I have them do an activity where I, I have the husband and the wife need to they take about 10 minutes each and they each just sit there and tell what they love about their partner and for literally 10 minutes all you do is write down what your partner loves about you and every time you're supposed to say thank you what else do you love about me and they have to just write it down you can't judge it you can't oh whatever and you can't fight them on every point so i sat there and watched a man and it was the woman's turn to have the the husband fill up her paper and tell him tell her everything he loved about her and she he couldn't do it I said, okay, so I go over there. All you need to do is just tell her something you love about her. You love her, right? And he's like, totally love her, totally love her. So great, just tell her one thing you love about her. Ugh. Um, hmm. Wow. Great question. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. So, my, so I sit right next to him. Okay, so let's just make sure you're understanding this. All you have to do is tell him what you love about him, what you love about her. Do you love her hair? Oh, yeah. Okay. Can you just say, I love your hair? Oh, yeah. I could. 
Kid, you want to do that right now? Mm. He couldn't do it. Long story short, he grew up in a family. So we sent him out to go get some serious therapy. Okay. What we found out, he lived in a family where the mom and dad, there was a bunch of boys. There was like nine kids or something. And whenever there was food time, mom and dad would bring the food out, throw it on the table and say dinner. And whoever was there got to eat. And you just ate what was there, and whatever, when it was gone, it was gone. This boy learned a zero-sum mentality. He learned that you're either, you either have it or you don't. And you can't give it, because if you give your dinner away, then they take it, and you'll never get another dinner that night. You don't get more for giving more. So he actually learned never to give a compliment, never to give anything back. Okay? Now, it literally took, it took a lot of therapy. Now, the wife could have been totally unsafe because her husband can't do this, but once she figured out that he has a psychological problem, um, it made it easier for her because he's not trying to do it intentionally. A lot of the people that make us feel unsafe in our relationships, they're broken themselves. They don't mean to be unsafe. They may have come from a broken home where they didn't have better answers. They may have been abused. They may have an addiction. They may have other problems. By the way, does that mean we're just supposed to stay with them, Matt, and just have a horrible life? No. It also doesn't mean we leave them. It just means, like, right now, let's just stand up for what's healthier, which is being safer, and let's be happy about it. And let's try to find a way to create some peace in our lives. Safety, folks. Do you have it in your relationships? While you're thinking about it, are you a really effective person at making the people around you feel safe? Or do they feel less safe when they have to be around you? That's the question to be thinking about. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show on safety, give you a few more tools and a little bit of a challenge to go home and uh, make your lives a little safer. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Helping drone aircraft fit into the same airspace as a piloted craft, even when your drone pilot is in another state. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. There is another side to drone aircraft, a vitally useful civilian side. They can safely observe and scout for forest fires or shadow a large storm, restore wireless communications over a disaster area, catch polluters and poachers, even help farmers monitor crops and track cattle. As the use of drones for peaceful purposes increases, there comes a need to make them safer to fly in and around local civil and commercial aircraft, to behave and operate like any other manned airplane. But how do you do that when the operator could be far away, even hundreds of miles? Just talking to a local air traffic controller or even another pilot flying nearby becomes a complex problem. But NASA's Glenn Research Center has been working on a prototype system for relaying that air-to-air radio traffic. In participation with the civilian avionics manufacturer, the NASA Glenn team plans to set up experimental radio towers on a newly licensed frequency, just for drone pilots. A manned jet will play the role of test drone. These highly secure and jam-proof relays might let drone drivers communicate safely with locals, even if they're states away. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. 
Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping up our topic of safety today. Do you feel safe in your relationships? Do you understand that a lot of your safety comes from you, not from others? Do you also know how to approach the others? Flat out, I'd take it straight on. Go right to them. Look eye to eye. Be careful. Don't, no, don't, don't, don't create tension. But you know what? Hun, we got to talk. And I don't know that we know how to do this because every time we've ever talked, it seems to go crazy. So let's go get therapy. Do you think that would work? No. What do you think, Rob? Communications. We need communications coaching from a communication I coaching think, expert. I think most of us. <laughs> I think most of us are just a bunch of reactive, crazy people, like well, like we were taught earlier on our show from Bryce. We're talking about safety. How safe you feel with Marty? Yes. How much do you tell her about your day to day job? <laughs> um, I had something in my throat. I tell her. <laughs> I actually don't. I don't tell her much because. It exa- it's exhausting because I'd have to get her up to speed. So I'd have to tell her, like, the whole story. So I only tell her the things that are, like, really big, the top three, four things, and then I get her up to speed on all of those because yeah. I have a lot of stuff. And if I had to tell her, hey, there's a chance we might be doing this, but it's based on this and this and this and this. So I just kind of wait till it comes through, then I tell her. But that's it's not that I don't feel safe. It's more like... It's just history. It's like, I how do I get a line right here? Wall Street mm-hmm. Journal was di- delving into this topic because a lot of people don't surprisingly feel safe enough with their spouse to tell, tell what they feel. what's going on at work where they spend a third of their day. Yeah. Half of their day that they're awake. But it says on the flip side, maybe this fits. If one spouse constantly complains about work or shares too much minutia. Yeah. It could get really tedious for the other. Uh huh. So then all of a sudden it becomes this funk. Yeah, no, I could totally see that. So is that why you uh, don't tell her everything no, that happens? I honestly just, I'm going to save some surprises for later. But it's interesting. That might even be talking more about when it's going, things aren't going great. So if things aren't going great at work, do I come home and tell her, you know, I may lose my job soon? Mm-hmm. Or do I keep that secret because I don't want her to freak out and have her go all unsafe financially, you know? Well, from just the talking about it and sharing this with the people, from that point of view, I think that's very interesting, especially from a child's perspective. Because, I mean, you know, just recently getting out of those just really angsty teenage yeah. years, I remember there were times with just my mom where I realized that it's because I didn't trust her and because I didn't feel safe. Yeah. And because yeah. I was just, she'd be like, so how was your day? Hmm, good. Fine. It was, it was good. What about it? Nothing really important. You know, just being flippant. Yeah. And so, but it's really like, especially with your kids, if you make them feel safe, mm-hmm. and this is what I've noticed with several, um, you know, parents that if they make their children feel safe, then they will talk to them. Yeah. Because my thing was, well, I don't know what exactly will like blow you off or something also. You know? Well, and so a safe space, like I have certain things that if I go and shoot baskets with one of my kids, he'll open up. If I just go out in the yard and we throw a football, while we're throwing a football, he'll feel safer just because we're doing something, I guess. He actually feels better. Um, But one of the things that's interesting is that then he'll actually – I notice he'll open up. But he has to open up in his space and I can't go in and force my space, which is another interesting thing I think between husband and wives is – and everyone's different, right? But do you – when your partner comes home or when you guys are talking – 
do you notice that there's certain patterns? Do you tend to bring more of the negative stories up? Do you tend to talk about how hard your day was? Because if it's all of a sudden every time you go to work, it's a bad day, or every time you stayed home with the kids, they're horrible, all that negativity is probably going to turn us off, and it might not be safe. Or if every time I say something, you blow up, it's probably not going to work either. Tough stuff. You got any more um, ideas for us, Rob, of, or not ideas, but just areas where you've seen other safety issues? Financial safety within your household. Yeah, that's huge. Number one thing right now is couples are fighting about money. That's right. We're running out well, of money. The big trouble is with high unemployment, and there's a lot of concern about where your next job's going to come from, of being able to say, well, how long can we last before we're in the poorhouse? Yeah. And for the average American, typically, in fact, half the country can't make it three months. They will be absolutely oh – they'll heavens. lose it all in three months. And for the, you know, either spouse or both, looking at the books and recognizing that yeah. and then on top of it feeling some work stress about maybe losing the job, boy, that guy, would, I could only imagine that could introduce a lot of stress because the, there's no financial safety whatsoever. Well, that might be a great stat for everyone to take home because if you could actually live longer than three months, you're ahead of the curve. So you could – hey, honey, you won't believe what I heard on the show today. Did you know that like we are a whole month and a half ahead of all the other poor people? <laughs> but it's funny, again, and this kind of goes back to this drum I keep beating, is that where there's, where there's no safety, there's got to be examples of safety. So if you, might, you may not feel socially safe with your husband because he eats with his mouth open and never – and chews really loud. Okay, So when you go out to public, it's embarrassing. But he may be really strong financially. So one way I found, and we'll kind of wrap up with this, is to leverage safety where you've got it. So if there's five areas where we need to feel safe, physically, socially, emotionally, financially, and spiritually, then will you with your partner go at least tell them where you do feel safe? If they do make you feel financially safe or physically safe because you don't think they'll ever harm you, make sure you build up how safe you feel physically. And then kind of use that as a segue to talk about other issues that you might need to work on. I really appreciate how you make me feel safe because you take such good care. I mean, you're, you're always so worried about locking the house up at night. I really appreciate that. And I'd you know, maybe love to figure out a way that we could find some safety when we go out eating together. <laughs> could you shut your mouth for a bit? No, in the end, do you feel safe with the people around you? Are you a safe person? Do you feel safety just in and of yourself? If your partner died today, would you have the ability to go be a healthy, strong contributor to society. Because if so, guess what? I'm going to bet you'll have a better chance of feeling safe with others. Thanks for listening, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We are done for the day. We'll be back tomorrow with more ideas and tools for you and your family to grow healthier, happier lives. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. You just listened to the Matt Townsend Show with host Matt Townsend. If you want to hear today's show again, tune in again at 7 p.m. Eastern. Also, be sure to tune in tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern for pregame and then live coverage of the BYU men's basketball team as they take on number two ranked Gonzaga. Coming up next is Real Families, Real Answers, but first, here's the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 
The House has reauthorized the Violence Against Women Act, providing $650 million over a five-year period to help states provide transitional housing and legal advice to abused women. The bill also includes new protections for LG, LBGT persons and recent immigrants. It's now all but certain $85 billion in spending cuts will go into effect tomorrow after last-ditch efforts to avoid the cuts failed. Leaders on Capitol Hill have now turned to blaming each other for the lack of compromise. With the Supreme Court reviewing California's Proposition 8 late next month, Obama administration officials announced today they will be urging the court to strike down the measure, which has barred gay marriage in California since 2008. In world news, good news for Syrian rebel forces. Though still not the weapons they have been pleading for, Western nations have now agreed to provide monetary aid to the opposition fighters. The U.S. will be giving $60 million. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Coming up on Real Families, Real Answers. We live in a world where busy is what you brag about. Parents are letting other things, things and people raise their kids. Every family needs some time that's untouchable. When my oldest son left home is when it made me realize how important it was to spend time with each child. These kinds of activities are what bonds a family. Is that too fast for you? You have to protect these rituals, this family time. Otherwise, they go away. Welcome to Real Families, Real Answers. In previous episodes, we've seen that scholars have identified nine characteristics common to successful families. One of these is protecting family time. Many contemporary American families today find themselves asking, where did all the time go? And wishing they could spend more of it doing the things they enjoy with the people they love. In our fast-paced, competitive, information-driven world, protecting family time has become a huge challenge. Successful families, uh, the time you spend with each other is the critical point. You rush along all the time and you don't have time to see what really matters. Like a lot of Americans, we've gone to the 24-7 work ethic and we've gotten away from the old culture. People working more hours of the week and 
they want to buy more stuff so they work more hours. A lot of ways it's too fast paced, everyone's just rushing to get the money. Too many choices of things you can do and places you can go. So there's so many distractions where you can either be distracted by work or distracted by your interests and I think there's a certain amount of selfishness that a lot of people have. You never get everything done in a day. So that's why you have to live life to your fullest because you never know when it's going to be your last. Kids can be in a whole bunch of different sports. Parents can be in a whole bunch of different even community activities or even sports themselves. Teenagers are on their iPod or and they get really absorbed into their telephones and, and iPods and they're being removed from, to me, what's important is your, their family. To most families, the thought of sipping lemonade together on the front porch may seem like something out of an old movie. In our world, who would have the time? The real challenge in this demanding hurry-up world is deciding what to put first and how to make family time a priority. Some scholars refer to this as being intentional or becoming an intentional family. I think in today's world, we have to be intentional about our families. The reason for this is that there's so many forces pulling our families apart that unless we're deliberate, unless we plan, unless we create opportunities for our families to be together and grow, they just don't happen. Are we overscheduled? And do we have our children and ourselves doing too many things every day to where it's difficult to just have home time? And I think that home time is really valuable. We live in a world where busy is what you brag about. So families tend to be on the go, outside of the house, in the house. They are doing their email, they're on their cell phones, they're watching TV. And so uh, families tend to lose connection, to lose energy, to lose spark because they are not being intentional about spending time together in a connecting way. In this episode, we'll learn some ideas on how to both protect and increase family time. We'll hear from experts who will give us tools and strategies for putting a plan into action. And we'll learn how to avoid a few common pitfalls from real families who have made family time a real priority. We spent some time with one such family, Brad and Denali Chapman, who have five children, three of whom still live at home with them in Sitka, Alaska. Sitka, Alaska is about 90 miles from Juneau. It's on the outer coast. There are no roads into where we live. You have to either take the ferry or fly in. There are 9,000 people on an island 100 miles long and about 35 miles wide. Whoa! Oh, that was perfect! Good morning, folks. This is Brad up at the wheelhouse. Welcome aboard to St. Eugene. Welcome to Sitka. Welcome to Sitka Sound. Brad manages and captains a sightseeing charter boat tour operation. When weather permits, his daily routine consists of showing off some of the local wildlife to tourists from around the world. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, three at a time. His wife, Denna Lee, is involved with a number of volunteer activities in the community, including hosting her own local access television show. Okay, you ready, guys? In spite of all the time-consuming forces that could have pulled their family apart, the Chapmans have been intentional about resisting those forces, primarily because of some bad news they received a few years ago. From the time we were married, we knew that family time was important, and we wanted to make our family central to our lives. And a few years ago, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and that day of the diagnosis, as we talked, we said, too busy. We discussed very pointedly what things we needed to let go of. 
And also, it took a lot of support from each other when we would say no to something. Family members help support what they help create. And so getting input on what are those untouchable activities, what are those activities that are of high priority to the family versus those that are more flexible, will help establish in everyone's mind what's most important for the family. I kind of cheated because I used the excuse of MS for a long time, and I really was not in a bad situation after my original diagnosis, but I had to rely on that until I got the courage myself to just say, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to say no to that, or this is our family time. Who's hungry? Come and eat. Scholars tell us that in order to protect family time, families need to understand that it is within their power to choose. They must also be vigilant about selecting those activities that are considered untouchable. Every family needs some activities, some time, that's of such high priority that it's untouchable. When my oldest son left home is when it made me realize how important it was to spend time with each child and to uh, not allow wasted time or too busy of a schedule to rob you of one-on-one time with your children. When the kids turn 10 years old, we have a dad and child trip. And um, when we lived in Guam, Trevor and I spent a week down in Indonesia climbing a volcano and rafting a river together. When Brooke was uh, that age, we went down and rafted on the Colorado River. But that's kind of my untouchable time. Untouchable family activities are non-negotiable. Those are things that we are going to do, that we've decided as a family are more important than anything else. When I was a kid, one one time with my dad was very important. I really enjoyed it. And my dad made it an important part of my growing up. One particular suggestion I have for people relates to family vacations. Uh, To make those that non-negotiable, untouchable time. That when you go on a family vacation, don't bring the cell phone, don't bring the laptop. Have at least the period of the vacation where you're separate from the workplace. Another one of the untouchable activities the Chapmans enjoy is producing their very own local access TV show. It truly is a family affair. Our television show, it's called Splash, and it is truly a family production. (laughs) Brian, will you play it back? Brian runs the switcher and records the event. He also handles the audio. He does all of our technical things. Your mic wasn't on. Then we He's have, also one of the editors, one of the main oh, editors. Brian also does our editing. Yes, he does. And he's gotten to where he's really fast. And then we have Sierra, who is 13, and she runs a camera so well, actually, that she's hired uh, all the time by other people to come and do camera work for them. And then Azure's nine years old, and she also runs a camera. And it's real fun to watch the kids interact with each other over the production. It's neat to me to see them uh, at such a young age uh, learn how to do things that as children they normally wouldn't get the opportunity to learn. When you get your family together doing something that they like to do at the same time and place, family relationships are strengthened. Family science experts also point out that when families set out to protect untouchable family time, they should also allow for spontaneity, being careful not to overschedule. 
Oftentimes, it's the spontaneous activities that create great family memories. We're in the business, really, as parents of making memories. That's how we bring our family together, when we create memories. And oftentimes, the spontaneous activities are those that they remember. Our family time is often spent outdoors. Is that a blue one? It is so fun to beachcomb for sea glass. Sea glass are pieces of glass, like bottles, that somebody has taken a, a beer bottle down to the beach, and when they were done drinking it, they threw it to the side and it got broken. And those pieces of glass uh, get mixed in with all the rocks, and the constant wave action uh, takes the sharp edges off and makes them real pretty. Here's a clear one. A lot of times, parents put a lot of emphasis on the big family vacation, the things that take planning, that maybe take extra money. But our research consistently shows, from an adolescent perspective, it's those daily activities, those things that are just core and central to the family, that those are highly related to strong families, good family functioning, that help families feel cohesive, feel close. Oh, here's a nice one. Look, look at this good one. It's a chunk. We spend sometimes hours out there. If we can pull Brad away from work and the kids away from their activities, we're headed to the beach. It's an attitude of fun. <laughs> and also to try to think of yourself as a child. What would my child like to do versus what would I want to do? We have one special jar where we put our most favorite pieces of sea glass, and it's almost full, actually. Did you know that? I think the spontaneity is something that's very important that parents have too little of as they structure too much family time. Several years ago, Brian and I built an igloo downtown on the, on the frozen Swan Lake in, in town here. And uh, we invited an older kid, and, and he was uh, to that age where showing any affection to your parents was not cool. Right in front of this other kid, my son said, love you, Dad. And when he did it, it melted my heart. And at first I was kind of a little bit embarrassed. But then when I realized what he'd actually done, that he had, had, had softened in front of peers to tell me that he loved me, it made me realize just how important it is to, to spend time with your kids, to uh, invest time in their lives, to be with them. <laughs> 